Don't knock over your Dr. Pepper. Don't knock over your Dr. Pepper. Please, I don't want to have to rent a carpet steamer thing. You wouldn't have to rent it. My family would have to rent it. I love it. It's unlike the scotch spill we had last time. There was a scotch spill? Did we have a scotch spill? I moved my mic. Oh, that's right, and it spilled all over the... The cable oh. decided it was a little too short. That's I remember that. I think it's ironic that the non-scotch drinker spilled the scotch. It's even better is the scotch drinkers didn't remember it. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't speak well. No. Uh, no. In my defense, I don't remember most things. And he's not, not even drunk all the time, ladies and gentlemen. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he ah, is. surprise! I've been drunk the us. whole time. Welcome to the podcast where your hosts sample a different scotch each season while we dive into current social, political, and economic issues each episode. This is Scotch and Socialism. everybody welcome to scotch and socialism this is season two episode one and tonight we are podcasting in space actually no we're just talking about space exploration exploration so for this episode um we're having i guess friends of the show on we've got nads and garrett they can divulge their last names later if they go want nads. to they go, by go nads. nads they go by go nads that's that's nice that's that's in the bible that's precious <laughs> wow wait wait it is yes Okay, oh, yeah. I take your word for it. Oh yeah, something in the Old Testament, God talking about Israel lusting after um, large genitalia. I need to read this book. It's a beautiful I metaphor. <laughs> wow, and Veggie I, Tales never covered that. No, they were gourds instead. <laughs> they, oh. But they have a pickle. Not better. <laughs> yeah, not better. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so this week we are talking about space exploration. It's been in the news quite a bit here and there um, lately, just with the privatization and the resurgence and interest in space exploration speaking of gonads <laughs> what jeff bezos's said, rocket oh yeah. my gosh we, we right? sent it to space and a rocket looked like one and yeah and the rocket as well yeah we're sending shatner to space now apparently really really yeah it, to what end why not so because <laughs> when you're as rich as god you can do whatever you want I guess. also like was the original captain like they're just doing a sure. publicity thing? Oh, He's I in get his eighties, so it might be the last thing he does. I was gonna yeah. say, I'm gonna just leave him up there. Is that? I mean, here? there's a Tesla ribs. Oh, that's Tesla's rib, not yeah. Bezos's. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, Daddy like, Musk. Maybe we'll just put him in the Roadster, but that's that's the wrong Actually, private space company. Yeah. It's orbiting the. Sun. It's orbiting the sun. Yeah. I mean, isn't everything orbiting Actually. the sun? Actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh can we get you a fedora, sir? Oh Jesus gosh. Christ. Well, actually. Oh, my gosh. No, that's, you are disappointed. No. Garrett, yeah, Garrett is definitely the resident space nerd. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Garrett, whatever you want to divulge. Yeah, I don't know. I'm from Washington State. I grew up here my whole life. Didn't really start following space until probably the late 2000s, early in college and SpaceX, um, Blue Origin, heard about them and I saw all the stuff live when they landed the first rocket. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I actually cried a couple of times watching those. That's you how much get, that impact had on me. You, yeah. You cried I tear a couple up, times? like seeing how hard people worked and how excited they are when it, when like all the employees cheering when it came back and like what they accomplished. Like when you see how big that rocket is too, it's pretty incredible. So it's <laughs> That's cool. awesome. Yeah. So Garrett, you would be our resident space nerd. Hands down now. I'll would you say you're res- Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And uh, I'm Griff, your resident perma skeptic 
I guess. I'll be the, the crotchety old uncle. Get off my lawn for lunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you're, like, trying to get everybody else back on. on. Yeah, you're, you're kind of saying, get <laughs> no, off my lawn, but stay on Earth. Yeah, just go on yeah. with someone else. Go on Jake's lawn. Or I don't Garrett's have a lawn. lawn. We'll get a lawn and then invite people onto it. Oh my and then gosh. kick them off again. <laughs> uh, and I'm Jake, your resident Trekkie for the morning. What are we calling this time frame of day? Brunch. Podcast time. Brunch. Brunch hour. Brunch. Brunch that hour. means that we can drink. Fine. <laughs> Only mimosas, though. I don't yeah. think you can you do scotch at that hour. You can do True scotch balls. and orange juice. Mm. You shouldn't, but you Ooh. can. Ooh. <laughs> Technically possible. And I am Russ, your resident. Let's infect the world with our presence. Didn't already do that. We're working on it. I want to go to Mars. We need resources. Additional pylons required. <laughs> Interesting. So Russ is a Russ is pro space. I'm pro space, anti-human. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah that's robot. There's that. a <laughs> level of nuance there that we're gonna really gonna have to explore. <laughs> Okay. Hi, I'm Nadia. I'm going to be the resident space cadet because I'm really distractible today <laughs> and always. But I can also be like a mediator for of sorts. This is why we have we can't have practitioners in here. She's going to ruin all of the fun when we start getting to arguments. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> from the soft from the side. Spoiler alert, but we've known Nadia enough. She's probably going to instigate some of the arguments. <laughs> That's true. Long time friend of the show. I would love to hear everyone's opinion about space, I guess, in general. Stupid, like, what do you guys big, know about and it? empty. Okay. Wow. I, I mean, I mean, you're not wrong. It's, it's, it's is a, it empty though? It's a vacuous mess. No, technically not. Space is decidedly, even though there's a lot of it, even though most of it is space. But there's so much of it that looks empty that's not. That's true. It's really cool. Thank you, Hubble. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. No, I no, I'm 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 no skeptic of of you know space exploration in general. I just don't. <sighs> Griff thinks think, space is fake. I do. I do not. <laughs> I, don't I definitely space. don't think space is fake. The moon's been there a long time. <laughs> the Earth is not flat. There we go. Just there was just a establish my position running, there now. Like joke narrative in my immediate family that the moon is just a projection of somebody's butt. That would be tragic if it was somebody. But I know. Not That's attractive. like something you should have checked out. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Very cratery. <laughs> just left cheek. Just. <laughs> Yeah, this is this can't be published. Oh, this is so getting published. <laughs> I love it. No, I um, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm kind of neutral on the whole space thing to an extent. I mean, I could be, you know, pro or anti space exploration. Um, yeah, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm the one to be persuaded. I guess you could say, not without a fight, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. There's something I, I don't really dig the fact that it's becoming so privatized. Even though I know that it wasn't completely public in the past like in nasa's origins like they contracted out you know assembly and testing to various um aerospace manufacturers and that's a large part of where our economy kind of came from but now because it's like amazon tesla or amazon spacex what do you want to call it I'm, i am sure. lumping it under amazon because anything that touches jeff Bezos. are we just ignoring that's blue origin yeah I mean, he can call it what he wants. It's still Amazon on space. Virgin Galactic. That's true. I forgot about Branson. Yeah, I got, oh, yeah Branson, man. Virgin space And, and don't forget about Wozniak now, Privateer. He just really? launched, like, oh. what, three weeks ago? Um, or at least he created the company. Hasn't launched officially. <laughs> done anything of all of Hasn't the, launched. <laughs> yeah. Of all of the dubious who um, are wealthy, I trust Woz the most. Yeah, but it's, it's a little spot on to call your company Privateer. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a little, I mean, it's it's the Woz. I mean, so. it's the great and powerful Woz. I mean, I love him. Privateer, so if he's a privateer, wouldn't that make him, like, basically a space pirate? Kind of. 
Is yeah. this a privateer's space kind of word? Pirates. But, but space pirates. Space pirates. The first thing yeah. that he's, he he released was like a little like 45 to a minute video that basically says that space exploration needs to be a, a community effort and collaborative and all this other fun stuff. And I'm just like, cool. That's not. You're looking to take over. <laughs> that's not what privateer really <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Give me your stuff and then I'm going to go over here with it and do my own thing. Well, it's, <laughs> it's Apple. We trust Apple to send a rocket anywhere? Well, it's not Apple, though. It's not Apple. The mind behind Apple. Mm, it's the One tech. of the minds tech behind, behind the tech, tech. behind yeah. it. Okay, sorry. The, the, the company is not, I, I do not attribute Waz to the company itself. The company is a complete <laughs> worthless thing. The technology, on the other hand, Waz yeah. is amazing. <laughs> that's fair. And that's fair. Steve Jobs is a pain in the ass. Well, he's not with us anymore, Thank so God. not a problem, I guess. Ish? I don't know. I mean, who knows if oh, he his, is his, his morals and, you know, company structure still lives on. So don't worry, he's still making oh, his I'm mark in the world. For, I'm waiting for him to rise from the grave in that turtleneck. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> Do that turtleneck perfectly of, preserved. It's the Lazarus turtleneck. It's what uh-huh. it is. It is. <laughs> uh, my opinions on space, uh, space exploration. I'm I'm in for it, but I feel like it's kind of um, de- basically like avoidance or denial for the other issues that we currently are dealing with right now. Ooh. Now, I think they could um, help. Like Russ briefly mentioned earlier, we need resources. Oh yeah, and if we or if we can kind of like use that as a pressure valve because we are seeing still a population, uh, an overpopulation issue in certain parts of the world. Now I think that could be alleviated in other ways as well by but, blasting people off into space. Yeah, I feel like well, that's up or the down. More I mean, expensive of the options <laughs> and the least maintainable. Um, but it's you know I'm I'm here for it. We saw a huge boom in innovation and technology during the original space race um so i'm i'm here for it because it's it has always fostered wonderful technology improvements agreed and i'm on the same basic page for that i mean it's i think from the technological abilities that we will possess afterwards or at least the the knowledge that we gain from it is going to be phenomenal Mm -hmm. um but yeah no i i believe the human race is a plague on this planet and that uh eventually will it'll fix itself but uh, we need to get off of it before then you know, propagation of the species and all that good stuff. So wait, so you think humanity is a plague on the planet? Oh yeah, we should be. We need to spread before this planet kills what us. What do off. plagues do? Yes. They spread. Uh-huh. You know, we Why we, would we, we come in, that? we consume, we eat more resources than we produce. We need to find new resources. This is going to be an ongoing thing for our our civilization. I'm not saying that's like the bad thing. It's just it's a thing that exists. Okay, so you're saying <laughs> it from a non morally non morally yeah standard. Just, just simply base, stating that yeah. this is what we do, or at least historically, this is what we've done. You know, we consume and don't give a lot back, and we kind of ignore what we're doing in the process as far as the long-term effects. See, that's my argument for a skepticism of space exploration. You'd rather have us just die off? Yeah. And that leads into the other episode we were going <laughs> to do, me and Jake just arguing with each other about whether or not humanity is worth saving. Fair enough. <laughs> How about you guys? Yeah. I'm just more curious... What else is out there? Who else is out there? I'm a huge X-Files fan, so I feel Ooh, like, especially yes. with all the recent stuff, thank you. <laughs> and you're welcome. Uh, with all the recent stuff, with all those like TikToks and different um, sightings that people have had. Are those real, What's though? What's going on? Well, let's find out through this podcast. Mm-hmm. Through this podcast. <laughs> yes, boldly going, going where no social media yeah. influencers have gone we're before. literally all social media has <laughs> gone. That's true. We're over the edge here. Ooh, is this going to be our viral video about... Uh, UFOs and, and other fun stuff. What? <laughs> Click, little clickbaity. Can we? Little clickbaity. Yeah, we should totally post a thumbnail. Just like, <laughs> yeah. I believe. 
No, it needs to be a question. Do aliens exist? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark. Exclamation we'll find point. out. Number yeah. one. Such this stunning such evidence. A, it's a such a trope. Article. Such a trope. No, it'll be um, the space alien landed and what happened next will shock you or mm-hmm. yeah. that's clickbaity. Well, I mean, Zuckerberg's already here, so. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> Seriously, if you know what Mark Zuckerberg is, leave a comment below because we'd like to know. We just need to well. send him back. Like, I'm surprised he's not funding or the space race because him. he needs to go home. <laughs> no, he's going to hitchhike. On, see, he's going to hitchhike on one of these billionaires. There you go. You know, he's a, he's a hitchhiker. He didn't invent anything new. He's just taking what's already there. Ouch. So, Ouch. What? That's not hard. Yeah. Wrong. Zuck, come at me. <laughs> anyway. Um, on that note <laughs> yeah for me I think I agree with Russ and I view it as more of uh, we're kind of using the savings account of like stored energy on the planet with oil like this is a one time withdrawal and mm-hmm. we're using it now and the technology level we reach, the sophistication we've reached this is a one chance that human species has so part of it's curious how far we can go or capable of that monkeys can actually colonize another planet is absolutely incredible just engineering is magic and, and then, terrifying and i know terrifying right it is yeah but the fact that this is like this is going to be our one shot like and we're so close to being able to do it and it'd be, be so sad if we artificially like stopped ourselves just for dumb reasons just to fight with each other and just mm-hmm. for because of social media and like all this backlash of something absolutely incredible so that's yeah where i come from i would like to i guess realign is that i don't I don't necessarily think that there should be like public or other apparatus to prevent or stymie space space travel. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't think it should be as high on the priority list as it seems to be climbing to. And maybe what and else maybe, you can do with that I'm, kind of money? I mean, yeah. well, there's also, a lot of stuff you could do with that kind of money. It's not mutually exclusive. Like why focus on the two guy or the three guys doing this? Like there's many other billionaires that sit on their money and do a lot less. So it's like the people actually doing something, why see, attack them just because they're doing turning, something when everyone we, else is doing nothing? See, but so this, are we like, turning this, this gets, into a wealth ethics. <laughs> that, and that's and that is a good. Jake brings this, up a good point there because there's a lot of that type of conversation. If you read any, you know, oh, yeah. comment section or any kind of response in the media to these efforts being made, you know, by SpaceX, Blue Origin, all these other places, it's like, you know, well, why are these billionaires spending so much of their money, you know, exploring space? And it's like, I don't, I get a little gray in that area because while I am the, the you know bleeding heart lefty pinko bastard I'm not here to tell someone what they should or shouldn't do with their money like even that's a little bit overreach for me you know for the big government hack that I am um, but at the same time it's like it's almost like you know I respect their right to do this I just wish they would do something different you know so there's a level of nuance there but I don't think any of this stuff should be you know regulated out of existence but isn't that the whole point of public versus private funding then? But it's if it was not public, necessarily then. public because these companies get contracts from NASA to build these. So there is there is public money being moved to support these exploration endeavors. So, but again, that comes back to, you know, NASA's never been, it's not like NASA has, at least that I know of, it's not like they have manufacturing capabilities to you know build all these, you know, modules and assemblies right so you know back in the space race days um they contracted a lot of that stuff out you know boeing built a lot lockheed martin built a lot and so it's never been like nasa is a completely publicly funded you know entity of in and of its own 
that goes from blueprint to moon landing. They do a lot of other stuff in the economy at large. So, I mean, we're kind of shifting that funding more towards the private sector, but it's still, it's public money going towards the private sector in a more obvious, more kind of, you know, transparent way, I think, than it used to be. And I don't, I don't know if people know that, like that might be, you know, a consideration point for some people who are really arguing against all of this is that, you know, like there's going to be space exploration somewhere and it's got to get funded somehow, you know, and the, the federal government has a large interest in that. We had NASA that subcontracted back in the day. We have NASA that's just doing more obvious subcontracting now, if you think about it that way. But I might be off base there. So anybody feel free to chime in. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a weird issue because of where where the wealth is coming from for these particular programs. And just like as these programs that are mostly privately funded keep cropping up, NASA we have seen over the decades has been getting stripped of all resources and funding. And so NASA is not going to be able to do it in the current state of affairs. And I think the state of affairs should change. So at least somebody's doing it. Do And I still have concerns about, you know, all of that innovation and technology it was pretty democratized when nasa did everything that's true with these private entities it's going to be much more difficult to do that and i mean i'm sure amazon's already working on privatizing it It, amazon web services is like two bucks short of (laughs) being able to just add something of like send your package into space and observe it with all these scientific equipment i remember working at my last company um we actually had some pretty sounding verified rumors of um, Amazon doing mass spectrometry as a service, which to me is just wild. And I could totally see them doing it if they have the money to get all these instruments, either buy them or manufacture them themselves if they've got the expertise and doing that. And so I could definitely see um, Amazon using whatever it ser- or whatever products and technology they develop through these endeavors being just productized to m- earn them more money. And as much of a communist bastard as I am sometimes. I thought I was the resident commie bastard. You're more <laughs> leftist than I am. I Really? I think so. I don't know. It depends on what we're talking about. That's another episode. That is. Um, I flip-flop back and forth a lot because at one point I'm just like, why, the government should just be able to step in and cur- not just yank all of their money, but I feel like we should have a better diversity of wealth. Uh, but on the other hand, I'm like, I don't really want to tell you how to spend your money, and I think and then like the inner libertarian in me rises up too. So Well the other part <laughs> of it too is that if this is public money coming through NASA, then yeah, I think there is grounds for us to say this is how it should or should not be spent oh, in absolutely. pursuit of this endeavor. You know, I'm not gonna tell Bezos, no, you can't have a big yacht, but I am gonna tell Blue Origin or SpaceX this is how public money should be spent because we do have, you know, as taxpayers, as taxpayers, we do have a vested interest in this. Mm-hmm. And that's a big question is, okay, if we've got all this money going towards funding exploration ventures and things like that, are the innovations that are going to come from that, uh, from those various endeavors, will that be kind of returned in some publicly beneficial way? Or is it just going to make my, you know, next day shipping slightly faster? Wormhole shipping. Wormhole shipping. I'm kind of here for it. I uh, that could open. In, uh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That could open a can of worms. Ah. <sighs> can of wormholes. That's the one and only pun <laughs> that we get for the next ten minutes. Sorry. Go ahead. 
curious also just hearing you speak about like what is your understanding of what the launch market is and what it costs to launch something and if the government or a private entity wants to launch a satellite like what has it been over the last 20 years what is it now like what's your knowledge of that um admittedly little so if anybody has insight into that area Feel it's, like, it's I feel like Garrett. I feel like Garrett does. He <laughs> set himself up. Go ahead. So Go ahead. <laughs> just, yeah, because like the amount of money that's flowed to private companies over the last twenty years, as uh, like ninety five percent of it has gone to Lockheed Martin, Boeing, Raytheon, Northrop Grumman, like Orbital ATK. It's the industrial defense complex. Like they are the ones reaping all the benefits from this. Like NASA has been building what they call the Space Launch System, the SLS, for over 20 years now using parts left over from the space shuttle that were reusable for the space shuttle. They're now going to be thrown away after one launch. It'll cost over a billion dollars per launch. And all that money has been flowing to Boeing this entire time. And and SpaceX was founded after that project started and is already reusing the rockets and about to launch the super heavy, which will outclass SLS. They're building the prototype right now in Boca Chica. So like it's, the amount of money that's flowed to these uh, these new contracts, there's new space and old space is really the big narrative that goes on right now. Mm. And uh, it, it it's complex, basically. Boeing and Lockheed Martin in the early 2000s were both launching. They had two families of rockets that were the main launch providers for the U.S., for the government, for private industry, all of that. Right. And they were like, we can't support developing these rockets with such a small uh, market, so we need to combine to save costs. Well, they created a monopoly, and then now we're charging $400 million per launch for every time the, the government wanted to launch something. And then SpaceX now launches for less than $60 million for the same capability, essentially. So, And they can go even lower, but there's no incentive because the other people can't compete. So they're literally competing with Europe, with Aryan Space, with the Chinese the Communist Party, what they're launching, with the Indian government, with the Russian government. They've actually undercut Russia. Russia's bleeding money in the space sector. And they just announced that their journalists are not allowed to report on space topics anymore because it's so embarrassing for them. Like, and <laughs> Oops, the space that's not surprising. And, you know, they just attached a new module until it was 12 years overdue and it spun the space station Oops. two and a half times because it started shooting its thrusters off. Oh, it's like the space, Russia's in, in deep, deep, deep trouble right now. And they're still writing off Soviet era technology. So mm-hmm. basically SpaceX has threatened the geopolitical stability of Russia and China. That's just what you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's unintended so, consequence. Yeah, it's so weird that, you know, that how reminiscent of the space race things still are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess in a twisted kind of logic, it makes sense. Oh yeah. You know, that's. I mean, I don't feel like this country and and communist or Russian Slavic era, Slavic area countries have been this in this much of a fever pitch against each other since the cold war, mm-hmm. you know, like I feel like this is the highest tensions have been since then. So it kind of makes sense oh, that, absolutely. you know, that would be a byproduct of it. And the next war will probably be fought in cyberspace and in the space domain. Well, that's so, terrifying. Yeah. I mean, it's already the job. Space wars. Happening. Space wars. <laughs> that was actually important to break off. <laughs> Maybe we should, oh, I feel like that'd be a really good basis for a movie. No. Okay. Yeah, no. that's that's probably a terrible idea. No, nineteen eighties did that movie. It wasn't good. Fair enough. Space <laughs> isn't exciting. They, they, they did, it's not. No, it's people not. think it's, it's like Star Wars. You're flying around fighting. It's like no, it's orbital mechanics is slow and space. So is, it would be a movie big. for yeah. nerds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like gosh, a, like a real hacking film, just not not a good thing to yeah. do. No. Imagine just somebody just sitting just in a terminal for eight just hours. Just a little waiting. Yeah. <laughs> imagine 
imagine having to actually like do all the calculations to get a projectile to hit something that small, that far away. It's incredible. It's almost impossible to actually do it. And then, yeah, the thought of, uh, cause like there, like I do software and there's a reason why I chose very specifically to never work at someplace like Boeing. It's because I don't want something that I wrote be responsible for pulling something out of the sky. The thought of having computers <laughs> on a spaceship where I literally cannot escape a plane, I have a small chance of like jumping out or we crash land in the water or anything like that. Oh my Very minute. In space, you're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Space is hard. Space is hard. Space is hard. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, that's what that's what Kennedy said in nineteen sixty two, right? We choose to go to the moon and do these other things not because they're easy, but because they are hard. I mean uh, God. I mean, the engineering, like the, the, the margins they're working with are so thin mm-hmm. and the regimes they're going through of like, you know, to go into orbit, you need to go 17,000 miles an hour. Nah. It's insane. I'm sure your Tesla could do that, right? <laughs> Five seconds. Well, Five and, seconds. And, you know, just getting off the planet's one thing, but landing on another planet is Incredible. just astronomical, literally. Um, wow. Has it been know, 10 right? minutes since our last pun? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, watching the, uh, I forget the most recent uh, lander on Mars name, um, but, you know. Kyle. The, Perseverance, I think. Perseverance, yeah. I like Kyle. Uh, Kyle. Perseverance, Kyle in quotes. Yeah. Um, it's first Kyle, Chad. it's game sentience. I know, right? first Kyle. Well, keep in mind that Mars is the only planet inhabited by completely robots, yeah. so yeah. it's kind of a scary place. That we know uh, of. So dun, far. Dun, dun. <laughs> We're, don't worry, we'll send more. Yeah, I'm sure um, but no, will. just the calculations alone to be able to do that and also to be able to do it on the fly. That was the coolest part about it was it had to be able to, you know, they, they kind of picked their landing zone, but they still had to make adjustments on the fly, which means this thing had to be basically AI'd mm-hmm. in order to handle this. Yeah, I forget. What's the light lag between us and Mars? It's a few minutes. It's like eight minutes. Eight minutes. It's nuts. Like, well, radio communications is 20 minutes. I know that. Yeah. But I have no idea what the... That's like round trip, I think. That's yeah, round trip. Send it yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. Send it, yeah. yeah. It's that's that's crazy. And that's when they're closest because yeah. the orbital windows. Like, yes, come in. that is yeah. also true. But yeah, that, that's insane to have that level of latency trying to send commands like do this. Yeah. All right, I'm it gonna take would one. Be like, <laughs> it'd be like remoting into your parents' desktop computer. Who are still on dial-up? It's amazing. Dial-up. Yeah. Love it. There's a helicopter on Mars right now too. Ingenuity. Really? Yes, yeah, that was that. fantastic is, as well. That's some cool stuff. It just did like its twentieth flight or something. Yeah, a helicopter. Yeah. Mini drone. I'm obviously. Does, okay, that's so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Well, that's just it. Like we we've done so many cool things at this point. Like now, think about how some of that will apply to today's technology here on Earth. It'll get you your right? packages from Amazon here a whole lot faster. I hope so. Like they've been trying to do drone stuff for a long time. I think I heard that back in like 2018. The maybe FAA is not going to be okay. With that. <laughs> no, that's Probably why not. that's why we need wormhole same second shipping. Absolutely. I'm, I do I want not tube want technology. A tiny little Stargate in your house. Yes, God, what would that do up? to my energy bill? A lot. Don't worry, energy will be free at that point. Oh, yeah. All right, yeah. We're, we're going to put a Dyson sphere around the sun. It'll be great. <laughs> That'd be cool and weird. I know, right? You can literally Jeez. turn on your sunlight. I'm down with this, by the way. I, I, I'm perfectly happy not having the sun where it is today. If I could, if I could. Where would you like to locate it, Russ? Click and drag. Not in my eyes. <laughs> not in my eyes. Okay. Not oh. in my backyard. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Oh my gosh! No, I'm I'm all down for the the artificial like dome that will encompass the Earth and just 
we can turn on and off our i want a pixel above my house that i can be like day night day night you know it's <laughs> mars will probably be like that yeah. you'll be living in tunnels absolutely <laughs> so we're gonna live on mars? we're gonna have to live in tunnels on mars and drive teslas yeah so i actually Sounds i actually submitted my awful. i submitted my application for the mars uh, mission i was rejected mind you but uh, yeah, I, I was I was down with that. Put that me Mars in, One. Mars One, yeah, 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 yeah. That's put, what you're put me on Mars, man. I don't care. I'm cool. I'm down. I'd be interested. Like we should. That would make that's our a, podcast. It's a, it's a one way trip. Well. I'm going to tell you that right yeah, now. Yeah, that would be it, a very. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's also a very difficult. We could. We'd all have to move to Mars to keep the podcast going because a 20 minute lag. I am not editing that. <laughs> I can't. I can't move to Mars. <laughs> Um, My mom oh will kill me. Like the, the implications on technology, because we've become so reliant on real time communication. Oh, yeah. The implications on like how you deal with that are going. It's called quantum computing, and it is terrifying. Well, yeah, if we can actually get the entanglement to work. Oh, we, we have. Yeah, yeah we have. Satellites. They've done it with satellites. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can do that now. We still have that limitation of, I don't know, the speed of light. Yeah. <laughs> For now. For now. For now. But right now, yeah, we. We have near instantaneous communication across the planet Earth, which is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, but obviously, when we move to Mars, that's still going to have some latency. It's not going to be as bad as no. our radio transmissions. Sure. But <laughs> it's going to be nuts. Yeah. I like your language of when we move to Mars. It's going to happen. We're going. I mean, uh, like, in, like any proper virus, we will find a way to move on. <laughs> life finds a way, even yeah, if it means yeah, even if it means destroying other lives. Absolutely. So, like we've kind of gotten a general idea, but what are y'all's specific thoughts on moving to Mars slash other planets? I'm staying here. <laughs> yeah, I'm staying here too. Well, uh, the problem that we're running into here is within our lifetimes, probably not something that's going to happen anyways, no. which is unfortunate. Like, Although I, I think it'd be amazing. Maybe. maybe, but it would be like the first gen, right? It would be the, the people who are being sent there to their deaths effectively. Um, we're not, we're not bringing anyone back. We're not, we may have a generation there after that fact, which would be kind of cool, but I don't think it's happening the first time. Uh, I think we're going to screw something up because our oh, track yeah. record was getting it right the first time. Not the greatest when humans are involved. Great. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But yeah, no, I, I think at some point we, when we have the ability to, you know, explore or at least move to another planet or have the option to commercially go to the moon, I think that'd be kind of fun. Um, I think it's awesome. Space tourism. Space tourism is a thing, man. It's it's becoming a thing. I mean, even if you look now, like there are people who pay a way too much money. Oh yeah, just to. Go orbit the moon and come back, if I remember right. Like, I, or maybe it was just Orbiter. get to the moon or come back. Earth. I don't remember what it was. It was like mid Earth or orbit. Was it, was it mid Earth? Okay. I don't think it was. Whatever that was, it was a lot of goddamn money. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a bunch tens of rich people, of millions of dollars, which, to do it. Look at that. They're funding stuff. Good for them. You know, we're we're getting closer to yeah. making it's just it. rich people paying for, paying other rich people. I yeah, know. But rich it's, people used to do like, all this stuff all the time. Yeah, to me, it's getting <laughs> that's more, more close to the storylines that we see of like you know the the dichotomous civilization where like all of the poor people live on Earth and then all of the rich people. They should, the make a, they should make a movie <laughs> the about that. The, <laughs> yeah, we, um, things like that. I worry well, about that narrative because it, it, I think it's going to be different. It's going to be like the time when, you know, when they were exploring the new world. Like mm -hmm. I said, it's, it's, you're going to your death. We saw how not, well that like, ended. Right. But it's not going to be like a spa. There's not going to be rich people up there living. It's going to be a hard life. Okay. Oh, for, for the pioneers, not, the pioneers not, are going to be nuts. Yeah. A I'm, lot of people are going to die. A lot of people are going to die. A lot of people are going to make stupid decisions. Yep. Yep, it's it's gonna be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't open that door when we're outside. That's a bad idea, you know. We're or gonna the dust gums that up. We didn't yep. know that. Now we didn't know that. Now yeah, we do. Surprise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That dust dust is the worst. Yes. It dust screws up so many things that you could not even imagine. Oh, I know, right? Uh, Space dust. Yeah. All I'm thinking, like the the book series, The Expanse, handled a lot of these topics really, really well. And like the thought of you know living on 
Mars in these subterranean colonies mm-hmm. and then one of the characters from there goes to Earth and like has a hysterical panic attack because she steps outside and sure. sees open sky. Space. Well, I mean, it's, it's what we're used yeah. to, right? Like we're yeah. used to being on the surface. You know, if, if we were to suddenly be forced subterranean, I think it'd be a very jarring experience for a lot be. of people. Well, it would just change our biology over time. Oh, it absolutely so would. So cool. Absolutely. So we would evolve to be lizard people? Yeah. Subterranean lizard people? Mole people. Mole, Mole people. people. Yeah. Crab people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I think it's... Wow, we're gonna need more than just a little scotch on this scotch break. Scotch break? I think it's time for a scotch break. This is your regularly scheduled scotch break. All right, and tonight on our today tonight brunch to brunch to brunch to brunch on our on tonight tomorrow what are we doing on now. Yes, uh, time is a flat circle. We're talking about our first uh, experiences with scotch. Um, I don't know if y'all have any entertaining stories for your first time with scotch. Plot twist. Naz and Garrett are not scotch drinkers. Yay, I'm not a minority anymore. <laughs> wow. I got nothing. Sorry. Wow, that was... Garrett, do you Garrett? Do you like scotch at all? Yeah, I do. I just, do you like the more kind of sweet, kind of savory scotches? You're more of like a smoky, I like peaty, like yeah. a good peated scotch. Yeah, okay. I don't drink very much, so it's like having really to sip on it and just yeah, it's nice to have that much flavor. Yeah, no, I I I agree with Garrett. I prefer more heavily peated scotches. The Glenfiddich we have this season is is almost no peat, but that's all right because it's still has a very warm kind of tone to it. Mm-hmm. It lends itself well to the autumn season in which we are traversing. So Griff, what was your first experience drinking scotch like? It was probably in grad school because I didn't start really, I don't want to say I didn't start drinking until grad school. I didn't really start drinking until grad school. Um, that's, not, that's better than most of my friends. Most of my friends started drinking when they were 15. So I just, I, I was never in Podunk, Idaho. Exactly. Nothing There's nothing else to, to do. Drink to forget you were in Idaho. Um, I would never really, you know, I really don't even drink that much now. Um, I had never really drink a drink before undergrad. And even then in undergrad, I might have a beer very rarely on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a really good friend in grad school who was, who was really big into bourbon. And so we would, you know, we'd you know, talk about, you know, different bottles of bourbon and this and that. And um, I think we went out for, you know, the place where we went to grad school, there was a fancy hotel in town and they had some really good, scotch i'm like oh i'll, I'll try scotch and it was pretty heavily peated and i'm like oh that's i always knew like you kind of know that scotch in you know in the zeitgeist kind of has this like you know reputation for being oh it's really smoky and it's what you know bad guys and tough guys drink and i tried it and the peat the the smoke aspect kind of like Garrett was saying was very novel and that it didn't taste like everything else you know mm-hmm. um because to me bourbons and rice and whiskeys can all kind of start to taste the same um, but the scotch added that layer of kind of differentiation on top of it. So that makes it a little more attractive to me. And because you can get scotches in varying kind of flavor profiles that are a little more obvious in their distinction than some of your other dark liquors personally. And again, this is all subjective. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say grad school was where I started actually like being conscientious about the spirits that I was drinking ah. and found myself drawn more to the heavily peated stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I started having alcohol here and there when I was 16. Then when I moved out, when I was 20, my Rebel. roommate would buy me 
uh, booze because he was older than I. Uh, but even then, it was mostly beers and stuff. And then I started dating somebody, and I'd been I had just turned recently turned twenty one. Um, and then for Christmas, I think she got me a bottle of Glenlivet twelve. It's Not a bad. fairly smooth. It's a easy. good beginner, Scott. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, but me wanting to be all cool, especially because we were we opened it around a bunch of her friends. Uh, and I'm like, oh yeah, I've had I've had whiskey before, which I had, um, but very little. And right. I took a swig of it and aspirated it all over the table. <laughs> I love it. Um, it was hacking for like two minutes. <laughs> no, no, Jake, we don't breathe the scotch. <laughs> no, I don't recommend breathing the scotch at all. Um, but that's you know where I first started actually drinking scotch and really loved it. And now, yeah, I'll drink. Um, a lot of different types of scotch. I tend to prefer more peated when I'm looking to drink scotch, but I'm sure. happy with just about anything. Sometimes I'll have a little sip here and there over the week, and yeah. Right. There's definitely a set for a more peated scotch, and it's not an everyday. No. <laughs> this is your everyday scotch. You can just drink at work. Like, yeah, no. Peated is a little, and usually the peated scotches, the heavily peated scotches, are a little more expensive. Yeah, because they come from one, primarily from one part of Scotland, which is the island of Isla. It's really imaginative, um, but because of the composition of the soil on that island, it imbibes a more. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know what the actual term for it is, but it's it's a higher part per billion of this compound that creates a more smoky kind of tire fire flavor so if you yeah if you have a, a single malt from like uh the um i'm trying to think of the name of it highlands a single malt highland scotch will taste very different from a single malt isla scotch usually mm-hmm. yay there's your little fact nugget for scotch Neat. So my first experience, I should say the, the thing that turned me off to alcohol in general <laughs> so i don't drink um haven't drunk love my nyquil um <laughs> uh no my my parents unfortunately growing up um were very very open and very you know the liquor cabinets over there it's unlocked the, the smokes are over there it's unlocked do it in the house bring your friends don't let them drive you know they didn't care and so for me it was very much a well this doesn't feel like rebelling i could just do this and no one cares so the thing that pissed off my parents was sitting in front of a computer eight hours a day programming <laughs> that's how i rebelled i learned q basic when I was like twelve, you're such, you? you're such a rebel. I know, right? yeah. How dare you learn hey, marketable right, skills? Russ, Any, anything Russ, to make them angry. Yeah, Russ, your next uh, intro resident is going to be the resident bad boy of there the you podcast. Go. There you go. But no, and, and that was that was part of it. And then there was also the issue of my mom, in her infinite wisdom. <laughs> so my, this little, is little, not our Mother's Day special, say, by the way. That's, that's later. Um, no, we're gonna have a therapy session on Mother's Day special. It's gonna be great. I think we should have all of our mothers come in for Mother's Day special. Oh That'd be my horrifying. god, no. that would be amazing. <laughs> Let us know in the comments if terrifying. you want to hear all of our moms on the podcast. Anyways, a little backstory: Dad drinks black velvet. Dad <laughs> loves black velvet. So that is, I don't think ever since I've grown up, black velvet. So my first experience tasting whiskey was. BV. <sighs> What's even better is that whenever I had a cough, I got a spoonful of sugar in BV as a remedy. I have never tried to stifle my coughing so much in my life because once I started in a coughing fit, I was like, no, 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 no. Maybe that's they what, cannot hear me. Maybe that's what 
the actual remedy is is not some sort of folksy chemical combination. It's like it's just so awful. You that just you don't, don't want to do it again. <laughs> exactly. But I, I can distinctly remember as a child, like in the middle of the night, I like woke up and I was coughing, and it occurred to me that my mom might hear me, and I buried my head in my pillow and just tried to not oh, cough. Man. For so long, because I'm like, That's if loud. she hears me, she's gonna be in here. She's with- gonna pour sugar and black velvet <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> like it, it was not good. But I've never um, had black velvet. You don't oh, want to. A, is it a blended Canadian? I think. It's so. I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I I honestly don't know. I've never really looked at it. It smells like gasoline. And there are only two. I'm pretty sure they used to pour it out of a gasoline handle. Very possible. There are only. God. <laughs> there are only two interactions I've ever had with black velvet. One is the song by Alana Miles great song not really the other is that there used to be this huge billboard for black velvet downtown oh. with this like sultry curvy blonde chick in a black dress <laughs> like yeah. laid out just just laid out and like with the bottle it looked old <laughs> even when it was brand new yeah you know, it looked like one of those like ads you'd see from a magazine from like the 70s yeah, yeah. Like, black velvet tonight you know or some Absolutely. garbage like that i'm like wow you just someone just vomited 70s alcohol propaganda all over downtown nice oh nice. yeah it was i actually retro was advertising might be a thing but we'll, that'll be another topic yeah actually no there was a third one because you and i worked at eastern at the same time during that uh holiday white elephant gift thing I, somebody got like a oh year and a half of black i do velvet. not remember that oh <laughs> yeah. i'm sorry i do not doubt that it happened there was a fight over that bottle too i know we oh didn't God. we worked with some trashy people <laughs> there you go anyways but yeah so that that's my experience with alcohol was definitely predating when i was 21 but it was mostly because i was force fed the damn stuff and no, not enjoyed it in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Right. Also, Dad loves Coors Light, so beer was kind of out of the question too. <laughs> Is that was that beer? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's yellow water, limp-wristed <laughs> beer water. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. So, getting back to our topic, jumping back in. So, let's look at the commercial and capitalistic opportunities here because obviously spacex is not doing this just to go to space oh good lord no i mean they have so many other applications for this but one of the major ones is starlink their internet provider which by the way i'm a recent consumer my parents finally got it like a month ago and cool. i absolutely love it yes. um it not is sponsored the, not sponsored but my god is the coolest thing in the world the second this thing is mobile it's going on my rv and i am disappearing from this place <laughs> Well, it's going to make recording the podcast kind of tricky, isn't it? It'll be fun. It's millis- <laughs> It's 40-second milliseconds, 40 milliseconds uh, latency. It's fantastic. I can record from anywhere. Next stop, Mars. Our special guest joining us tonight from Mars on an eight-minute <laughs> delay. <laughs> He'll be back later. <laughs> That's going to no, require it, a lot of editing, Jake. You know, same kind of thing applies for, obviously, Amazon and you know all that happiness because I'm sure they're using it for some level of package delivery and like you were talking about the whole spectrometer um happiness thing whatever i wasn't really paying mass spectrometer, mass spectrometer. Yeah, I, I, wonder. I don't expect you to just pay attention to any part of this podcast <laughs> our, our listeners have toned out at this point they, they don't care anymore our hosts have toned out at this point <laughs> if we're kind of keeping on that that theme russ i have to wonder how many companies are we going to see Come out with great PR campaigns and great like, oh, we're gonna colonize Neptune or some crap like that. Oh sure. And just abscond with hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, either from investors or from, you know, government grants or anything. And then I feel just, like that happened though. Like, like wasn't it like back in the sixties, seventies where there was like these like moon trips and all this other stuff that was like Oh, I'm sure there scams was scams and whatnot. Oh yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure there were scammers back then actually i i'm, I'm wondering <laughs> if they're i'm wondering how prevalent they'll i be actually now. ran into one of these northern idaho 
imagine, imagine. Um, there's a company that specializes in travel, but they're, they're basically a travel agency. Right. But one of their sections on their website actually deals with space exploration and space trips. Really? This website is from 94. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's not because it's new. They've been doing this. And I'm really, really curious if they've ever taken money for that. No, here's <laughs> So I feel like that's one of the extreme ends of it. I'm talking more about you know, companies that, oh, we're a startup space exploration company. Oh, sure. We're going through like, like is private space exploration going to be the new VC bubble? Ah, Interesting. I think it already is. SPACs, I mean, you know, the special acquisition companies. No. So it's like reverse merger to go public where you don't have to go through all the SEC stuff. There's a, they make a company, let's say you three make a company, you have a hundred million dollars and you go find another company and reverse merge with them and they become public through you. Oh, through you. Cause you're already, a public company. So SPACs yep. have been huge recently with space companies in particular and like a bunch of cannabis companies did it. It's like the new way mm -hmm. of avoiding IPOs and going through banks. That's convenient. But that's already happening. And there's already like 160 launch providers that are funded right now, which small launch providers and I mean the vast, vast majority nice. of those will fail. But it's yeah, but also how, and in the meantime, how many of those are gonna just throw up dozens of half-baked ill-fated rockets into space and just More pollute payloads. yeah just pollute just so wozniak his whole thing was space debris it's one of the things he wants to focus on first mm -hmm. and that is a big problem there's kessler syndrome yeah. where if one hits another one that becomes ten thousand pieces and those ten thousand pieces become ten thousand more each yeah. and the lovely cascade effect the movie gravity has they yeah. tried to portray yeah so those are all serious concerns and i think People don't understand also how much our economy relies on space from even just the like the NOAA satellites for weather prediction for agriculture. I mean, agriculture is massively influenced by rainfall when stuff's ripe. You can tell that all from um, stuff from satellites and let alone communications. So and GPS, I mean, oh, yeah, just GPS, GPS is huge. Yeah. <laughs> and Starlink can actually be used. They just did a paper was published that so they mm -hmm. can actually use it to, to do areas that the signal can't reach because like steep valleys and cities. So. Yep. All this, like when people are anti-space, it makes me very nervous because... Well, they're very anti-Earth technology. I mean, yes, it, it's even, you know, in, in the rudimentary side of the world, agriculture. Yes. I mean, let's let's not screw up our food supply, people. Um, or again, a, a hurricane's coming. Like we just talked yeah. about, like oh, the yeah. first picture of a hurricane was captured in orbit in like the 70s. Yeah. Let alone like projections of where they're going to hit and all of that. So, yeah, with climate change, like this is our first line of defense. It's just more data on what's happening. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Again, it's all about the preservation of the species, and and that's the issue that I you know keep bringing up is the idea that we're screwing up this planet. We know we're screwing up this planet. We need to find a new planet. Thus, we're gonna find a new planet. <laughs> I think that we don't need to find a new planet, but arguably yes. We, we've learned that mass tools. genocide is not acceptable. I'm not talking about mass. Genocide. <laughs> okay, Thanos. <laughs> well, that's just it, right? Oh. There's a finite number of resources here. Yeah. Super volcanoes, asteroids, like it's gonna oh, happen. Yeah, there's yeah. yeah, there's any number of things that could easily wipe us off the face of the planet. Oh, you will. As, as yeah, it's not a question of if, of, yeah. Right. if it's a question it's, of when. Yeah, and he is as faithful as I am, I don't hold my breath that you know some massive thing is going to happen. Well, that's cool because you've got stuff going on afterwards. Yeah. Some of us don't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that opens. Okay, that opens a different book altogether. It really does. I mean, is this yeah. where I bring in the whole idea of Christian universalism? Anyways, I'm I mean, dragging you along, whether or not you want to. I know, right? I, I get to come along. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> one of us. One of us. 
um, yeah, it's like any number of things, and even you know, I from the breaking into the religious side, the horse that I love to beat here. Uh, people are like, oh no, God, God promised that he's not going to do that anymore. Nah, God said that he's not going to do it. He never said nothing about <laughs> us. Yeah, he never said anything about us bringing I, it on ourselves. No. <laughs> In fact, he's probably warned against that multiple Kinda, times. Actually, yes. Nice. <laughs> oh, but anyways, I so just, I, yeah, I think regardless of how it happens, I'm glad for this investment that's coming back into space. I have concerns about the way that it's happening, but... Is it better than not having it at all? I don't know if we can ask that question because... Because Jeffy Bezos is listening in? Also, yes. Um, Always. <laughs> well, it's hard playing It's hard playing speculate, speculative history with the future, oh, right. which is what right. we're doing there. And it's, you know, on the one hand, you could say, oh, well, it's, it's brought all these innovations and all this technology and all this advancement other hand you could say who's to say that wouldn't have happened you know in a in a different avenue or sure, from sure. a different uh, in, um inception point yeah oh it's very fair so I mean, most of the technologies that we have because of the space race and etc came out of a boom in computational technology mm -hmm. which right space wasn't the only reason that we needed better computational technology it was just the most evident one that right and well, it was I'm one not, that fueled it, right? I mean, that was the whole point. Look, I'm not we got a lot of ability that. I'm not arguing it's that. It's just that I'm trying to think the best way to explain this because it's kind of complicated. It's like we're standing in the present, looking backwards, kind of at the past, saying, "Well, we had, you know, all the space exploration brought this stuff that we have today, <laughs> right?" Well, that's because that's the trajectory that we ended up on. But had that not happened at all, we wouldn't even be on this trajectory. So speculating towards the past i think doesn't is not productive because sure. we're arguing about something that has never happened from a perspective of something that is currently happening Agreed. that's a really weird way to say that no, I, I get that i get that so here's a question for you so I, I every time space exploration comes up you always hear the naysayers about well we haven't finished exploring earth yet you know we, we don't know at the bottom right. of the Mariana's trench we don't know the deeps mm, of the we ocean do, though um, well, some of it do, right? We're getting there, right? We're slowly getting James there. James Cameron found a door down there and he didn't open it. <laughs> Doesn't he live down there now? I think he does. One of <laughs> one of the James Cameron clones lives at the bottom of Marianne's <laughs> Trench. Challenger Deep. Let's go. Isn't I mean, it like we, we know less about what's in the bottom of the ocean than we do about space? Some of that, yeah. I mean, we can quantify what we don't know better about the bottom of our ocean than we can about space. That's fair. Fair. Qualify? I guess relative. Qualify. I guess relative to... What we could know about either of them, we know less about the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, true. Fascinating. So the question is? That was the question. How do you guys feel about that? Like, what? Like, do you agree with it? Do you disagree with it? Do I agree with the fact that we haven't explored enough on Earth? I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I mean, some people would say they are. I mean, if, if you're spending all your money looking outwards, you're not going to look inwards. Well, I mean, eh, we get back into the ethics of wealth and the, oh God. You know, the billionaires. That are not doing space exploration. Just well, I guess my question is: Are there any ones that are explicitly? I mean, obviously James Cameron is doing <laughs> stuff down there, but are there any other you know named billionaires that are? So I guess how do we create more of those, refine those people, and empower them? The people True. that are willing to do that kind of stuff. Like what Musk is doing is not easy, and he's burning himself out to do it. But it's like you don't do that without passion. So how do we find those people with the passion? Well, that's the hard part, right? Because yeah. it's you have to you have to find someone who's willing to sacrifice themselves. Exactly. You know, and I, I think you know the the sign up for the Mars One mission was a great example of people who are willing to do that. Yes. Yes, I was on that well, list. Well, I think uh, <laughs> I think space exploration is 
it's more sexy and it's a better marketing. Oh sure, material than hey, go to the bottom of the ocean. It's dark. Why and dead. it's dark and cold and they <laughs> can't take pictures from down there? Oh yeah, I mean there is a reason why that. Um, gosh, I can't even remember the name of it, but uh, the deep sea exploration TV series that came out around the nineties, I think. There was a lot of that. There it, was a lot of that. I, say, I think a, around yeah. the time that Titanic kind of resurged, one, yeah. Maybe, yeah, then but resurfaced. That'd be yeah. weird. But. <laughs> but there's a reason why we don't really remember their name. It's You're right. It's not sexy. It's, you yeah. Know. There was a thing. It was in the ocean, whatever, right? Right. But, you know, the the Tesla Roadster flying around the sun, a little it more is, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also well, more current, I guess, comparatively. Right. <laughs> but the reasons are different, right? Oh, sure. Like the reasons to explore the ocean are just... See what else is down there. The reasons for space are can we get there yeah. and save our species that way. I don't right. think we're going to move to the bottom of the ocean anytime soon. What if we had to? That guy, that scientist that you told me about did. <laughs> that guy. There's a habitat off Florida where they, they do that. Where you can live really like 60 feet down. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and you actually go and take dumps. You go out the bell that's open and go out and just poop in this little, your head's in this little bubble and your feet are just dangling out in the dark ocean at night and you have to go and the fish come That's up and nibble you. Well, they're terrifying. Hard, and hard, saw an eye hard the size of a, of a dinner plate and it was a giant grouper that came up. Oh my God. Yeah, he said he almost like, you'd already shat so he didn't. I was going to say, say just, that, that really explains the process, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fascinating. It's like is that is that like the next step past like squatty potties just floating in just floating ocean. in the ocean? <laughs> that doesn't seem sanitary. I mean, no. I guess it would rinse fish, off as you wander. Fish poop in the just, ocean. All the I have to know, do. but it's it's terrifying. But no, I mean, it's kind of fun, right? Because a lot of that stuff, uh, much like our test, our terrestrial testing, um, where we isolate people and try to get them prepared for Mars missions, I feel like under the ocean is a good example of that as well. Because you do lack a lot of resources you would have yeah. on terra firma. Wi Fi is terrible. Well, the Wi Fi is terrible. You know. Amazon doesn't deliver in three to five days. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> but no, and that's the other thing too, is I, I would love to be part of one of those experiments where they pay you for like six months to go live yeah. in the middle of Arizona on a campus that you can't leave because you're in a bubble. Um, I, I think that was called be, working uh, in tech. I mean, it kind of is. That's okay. called a cubicle farm. It's slightly different. Oh, you, okay. you have a lot less freedoms in that world. <laughs> or we work. We work. Hey, they're that coming back. Thing. We they're work. Back, what? Yeah. What oh, work? yeah. He... Different topic for another podcast episode. Okay. Watch Bi- the documentary on Hulu. It's oh. nuts. Biodome in the 70s. Like, that's when they tried it. So, interesting yes. thing closed systems. The, like, so you have a fixed amount of oxygen, a fixed amount of all these minerals and, and elements, and they actually interact in ways you don't expect. And the concrete was binding oxygen. So, their oxygen level was dropping over time. They didn't know why. Oh, you see, yeah. this is what Netflix cool. needs to make a series about awesome. rather than yeah. all of these. It's- battle royale knockoffs they need to make totally. like oh, all right 10 people living in a dome with limited resources go I mean, it's science That's, fiction classic science fiction stuff of like wasn't, wasn't that big brother like, i thought that was the circle <laughs> <laughs> i would dude, watch that as dude, a reality show the circle or as a was, was terrifying because it's too much of a documentary at this point i'm gonna apply to go on that show wild be amazing but no I, I think you know those kinds of experimentations i think are amazing and i think Learning that kind of stuff is is obviously critical for when we start moving off the planet and being able to say, hey, here's our little little dome of habitat that we're putting on Mars. Without knowing this information beforehand, we're going to kill ourselves off much quicker. We're still killing ourselves off. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Delaying the inevitable. I know the argument seems to be humanity's doomed and we should let it be so, but... I feel like this is a really good argument for humanity of look at how much we can do. We can live in the bottom of the ocean. We could potentially live in space. It's going to mm-hmm. change us a little bit, but 
Oh, we're terribly yeah, we adaptable. Yeah. That, yeah, that's that's one. Suck it, Griff. You know? <laughs> so hold on. Nehalux or Bebe. <laughs> How do we, if if the, I mean, it sounds like a long range goal, but if the long range goal is to terraform, you know, everything, something. How do we set up like a societal structure? Because I really do not want. You'll Messers, have the, you'll, Bezos and Musk. It's being, fine. We'll have the plebs on Earth, and the Mars will be the elitist, and then eventually they'll find something else to do, and Mars will become the middle class. And I think it, I'm it's fine, fine staying on Earth. Then, but it's yeah. but seriously, it's like okay, if that's our goal, then who's what's well, the social framework for? I was this? gonna say it's, it's beneficial regardless, right? Like if, if we lose half of our like elites to Mars, I'm not gonna cry about that. Exactly, it's perfectly fine, I and mean, we will establish new elites. Don't worry, someone else will fill that power vacuum. Well, <laughs> also, I think. Like a lot, of, like Bezos and Musk, a lot of those guys of that age, they saw the moon landing as kids. And oh yeah, ignited the passion. Inspiration right there. So yeah. How right. do we get that passion? How do you get more people passionate about saving Earth as well? I think seeing Earth from space and seeing how thin the atmosphere actually is. Oh yeah. And realizing like the borders, don't like the, they call it the overview effect, right? Oh, absolutely. When you can see the entire yeah. Earth as a whole, you don't think about it in terms of countries or states or you know anything else. Yeah. It's 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 Earth. It's just one unit. You it's know? tiny. Tiny. It's in the void. And it's like when you see, I think that's the change that could come from once it gets cheap enough and more people Agreed. experience that. And then you get that passion and that builds for like, why should we try to save Earth? Because it's beautiful. And like we do have a chance. So I think that's a big shift too, where you don't get in the ocean, obviously, when you're yeah. enclosed in the metal sphere trying to get crushed. But I think space is different that way. And it yeah. gives you a perspective that you could never have. Well, if you think previously, the same kind of thing happens, right? You have all these little pockets of indigenous people that existed. And once they realized there were other people in the world, they actually started working together. They, they formed larger groups. They formed communities. They formed, you know, society as it is today. And, Sometimes. well, there were always the outliers. I mean, you can't have a society without conflict, right? You can't have a relationship without conflict. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Just because you're good friends with someone doesn't mean you're not going to fight with them at some point. Now, it might not escalate to certain points, yeah. but you're still going to have disagreements. And that's because we as individuals are individuals. It's kind of a thing. Um, but we can also look at the greater good and say, hey, this benefits me just as much as it benefits you if we both work together. And that's that's the important part of all this. You know, When we look at Earth as a whole, if we all work together on this, it does benefit the Earth as a whole. Yeah, how do we unify? How do we exactly. transcend? Yeah. I wonder if that's kind of you know, that idea of the space race and now just the, um, the democratization of technology and seeing, seeing all of that stuff secondhand or thirdhand almost. Um, has contributed to this idea of like, you know, we have, and I think it's a perfectly good thing. We have a lost, we've lost our sense of nationalism at a large scale level. Um, not all of us. And there's certainly large pockets that have perhaps become more, more nationalistic. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the, the proper, well, I should say proper, but the, the mass group is kind of moving toward globalism as a, as a general state. Mm -hmm. consensus. Oh, it's the end times, man. Oh yeah. Well, it's, Digital it, tribes. It, it's funny. It's it, absolutely, and it's funny yeah, when, when you know having a common goal or having a common common enemy is how we create groups larger right. than ourselves. I right? haven't done that in a long time, though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't COVID think did. COVID did. No, really? <laughs> well, like COVID made us certain more areas tribalized. Yeah, I would yeah. say yeah. the That's, UFO stuff, the alien stuff, together. could do something like that. You need something that yeah. transcends. Sure. What? Oh yeah, it transcends us. our stupid petty little problems. Yes. <laughs> oh, we would find ways to make more petty. Oh, absolutely. That's the one great thing about humans. As right. we will find ways to make stupid, petty problems that hold us back yep. from all kinds of things. Yeah, Maybe but that's we also again, find, <laughs> but we also find huge and beautiful and amazing ways to push ourselves forward. Yep, also a thing. As I reiterated before, suck it, Griff. <laughs> <laughs>
All I'm saying is that this planet had a great opportunity to unify and beat COVID, and it kicked most of us in the ass. Yep. We. It was easy. It was easy. We, we didn't to pass do. the first test. That's fine. It, we didn't know, and and that's the thing is if if an if an alien race or if a hostile power of any kind wanted to see, okay, what would happen if we flick this top just a little bit? Right. It almost goes flying off the table. Like great we don't have to expend hardly any energy to completely wipe out this population like we saw what we needed to do we said nope i don't believe it and kept on and in some cases pushed back against the right thing to do so no we didn't unify (laughs) we if we did it was purely by accident and purely by a handful of us wanting to maintain the species but we had so much you know we had so much hostile and continue to have so much hostile resistance even in the face of simple rational falsifiable steps it's like if you have a door marked you know puppies and money and you have a door marked rusty freaking nails we open that door and jumped right into it and half of us are like no don't puppies they're like no puppies are fake and they just yeah so i and, I and that brings us back to natural that. selection and it's a perfectly thing it's a good thing you know <laughs> let's remove warning messages from everything i'm okay <laughs> with this let let the populace sort itself out i have no issue with this at all <laughs> So, Griff, what you're saying is the new thumbnail for this episode should be Aliens Gave Us COVID. I mean, it made us jump through doors not, with nails in it. That's the next conspiracy, oh my God. conspiracy theory. So, yeah. wrapping up, have we managed to sway you in either way there, Griff, since you were kind of on the fence in regards to space exploration? I think it's like any technological advance. There's going to be benefits. There's going to be detractions from it. I mean, look at the Internet. Internet is <laughs> is a version of space exploration for an information world. You know, like... And look what a travesty that became. Look what a travesty it became. And that's the thing is, and this is why I, I've kind of tempered a little bit here. You know, we talk about the democratization of technology. Look at social media. We democratized information media and look what it's done. It has exacerbated the problems that we have. And yeah, and some, and that's, I think the double-edged sword is that in some cases you will get, you know, in some cases you'll get really valuable moments of unity like Jake was talking about russ is talking about in a lot of cases you're gonna get you know horrendous examples of you know aggressive tribalism that actually set us back rather than move us forward so are we taking one step forward and two steps back or two steps forward and one step back i don't know um i i'm sure there's metrics out there somewhere but you know i'm and again but on the same side of things i'm not going to say like oh no we shouldn't be exploring space we shouldn't be doing this we shouldn't be doing that you know it's 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 hard to say for sure one way or the other i think i think it's a lot more nuanced than just yes or no fair was the internet really democratized though i mean it's pretty centrally controlled i'd argue cryptocurrency is pushing towards the true decentralization of actual like controlled by the population for the population peer-to-peer directly is going to be much closer to I guess what we have now is a manipulated centralized system that you talk about the rusty nail door. Like it wasn't a clear, it wasn't clearly communicated. I mean, the obfuscation that was happening between the messages and information. I mean, it's just overloaded our brains, right? The inability to make a decision from information overload. Help me understand how that connects. Cause it was, there was, I mean, incentive to have people's attention to stay to make money. So it's not a clear democracy. It's not for the people. It's for the companies to make money. Off so it's all about capitalism. Yeah, it always goes back to the bottom dollar. Yeah, so if like we can learn from that and do space sure. differently, but like I wouldn't use that but as the same we? model. 
I think it's it's a physical thing versus a digital thing. Like the internet, it's cheap to write code. You can write software and spread it to a million people with a click of a button instantly. Space mm-hmm. is really, really difficult to build things that will survive and to now, launch and it's expensive. Well, look, even look, then, it will no, always no, no, be. On, physics is hard. In its infancy, yes, commercialized space travel will be extremely taxing. Well, all kinds of resources. I was say, even the, the infancy of the internet. Exactly. Same thing applies. But that's a digital thing, even it like the, the physical backbone. But again, space will always be harder than that because you're on the bleeding edge of physics of what's physically possible. But I guarantee you, we will see sponsors inside of spaceships. Yes. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. Well, we already that's are. Right. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, there was, yeah. already, there the was already plans to start advertising on the moon. There you go. Perfect. I, I want to see my laser engraved icon of my logo on the moon for three weeks. <laughs> so uh, before we delve down too many other yeah. rabbit trails, any last final closing thoughts, Garrett and Nadia? No, thanks for having us. Space is fake. Space is fake. <laughs> so this, hey, Garrett nullifies the entire podcast with two words, yeah. three words. Or just a projection yeah. of somebody's butt on the sky. Perfect. I'd like to see cool. that technology. That's some impressive holographic technology. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Yeah. I would value that more than I would space exploration. Because if you got that level of high definition holographs, then yeah, two pops. that high definition. It's kind of fuzzy. I mean, have you ever looked at it through a telescope? No. <laughs> the true conspiracy. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to Scotch and Socialism. Thank you so much, uh, Garrett and Nadia, for joining us. This was a fun episode. Please remember to go check out our website, add some comments to this episode, find us on social media, Scotch Socialism, uh, and remember to listen and drink responsibly. <laughs>